0: I was going to give you actually more time. Do you want a piece of paper to jot down a few notes? No,
1: I don't No, You sure? I'm a freaking mastermind, Bob. (laughs) Okay. The one hundredth time, welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson,
0: and I'm Bob Galen. Whoa, uh, yeah. silent, sultry Bob. Silent, sultry Bob. It's the hundredth. It's the hundredth episode. Oh, the,
1: oh, is this serious, Bob? I this mean, is it's like-
0: no, Josh. This is this is freaking an event. Okay, for God's sakes, this is our hundredth episode. I didn't think we'd get to two. We should have done like a red carpet. I'm want I want drum roll, drum- Everyone Ladies happens. and gentlemen, it's the hundredth episode, dun, da, dun, da, dun, da, dun, of the Bob and Josh. No, no, the Josh and Bob show.
1: Yeah, proper order. Thank you. That's
0: I want. I want to. <laughs> I feel much better now. I, I, I was trying to get it in weight distribution order. order. <laughs> oh, take that! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I so not only not that only that, 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 that medic- med- so not not only that medicasters today, uh, August seventeenth, uh, two thousand and sixteen is my birthday. Yes. Not only is it my birthday, it's my 60th birthday, so it's 60. What? 60. And and to top it off, and we 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 talked about doing it at midnight, but we didn't. Uh tomorrow, August 18th, August 18th, 2016 is Joshua Anderson's birthday. Magical. Magical. How old are you tomorrow? 41. 41? 41. There, there is. is 19 years between us. There is. God. That's unbelievable. You are old. I would have never thought that. I would, have, in our discussions, I'd never discerned that there was a there was a gap <laughs> <laughs> of any sort. Yeah. A,
1: I'm pretty sure no listener has ever, and no listener has ever discerned that yeah, there was
0: there was there was a gap. Yeah, yeah. I, they probably thought I was much younger than you. Oh, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think that right now. So, uh, birthday wish, Josh. Happy birthday tomorrow. Same to you,
1: sir. that's a, that's a big moment. Uh, it's 60. 60. It's,
0: it's all well. Fifty was all downhill. So sixty, I'm like on an ice sheet and a little plate, <laughs> and my my bud is heading for the retirement home. I says, Have you ever
1: seen those like ice skating races downhill with jumps and things like yeah, that? Like that's you now. That's me now. Yeah, that's you.
0: I have no control, no brakes. Nope. Screw and the when brakes. they crash, it is it's fantastic. Ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. But I mean, I'm barely, I'm barely making it. I barely, you know, I had to bring the walker in here today. I know.
1: I had had to carry them in.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: Put them on my back like Yoda.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a, you always have to carry me, Josh. Every medicast. Every medicast. God, I know it's hard. So, medicasters, uh, I I know you're out there. Your jaws are hitting. Your jaws are hitting your desks. If you're driving, please pull over to the side of the road for <laughs> safety's sake. Please, no, no, don't don't endanger yourself. This is a momentous occasion. It
1: is probably best to sit in one location. I think so. And listen. Um, Consistently
0: And I would suggest If you're If it's You're amenable I'd grab a bourbon Or some or, or, or imbibe Your favorite Imbiblement and, uh, <laughs> and And grab Maybe a cigar Or you know Smoke them if you got them uh, Grab a little drink uh, Because it's going to get This is going to get A little interesting Perhaps I hope so I hope so Because you're building it up now We have to deliver We have to de- deliver Since we don't
1: edit We have to deliver
0: So let's see if we can deliver So Corey Bryan mm-hmm. that's, Can we give a nod to Corey What is Cory Corey had We were We uh, put it out there uh, Give us some topics And I think Corey Gave us a stream of consciousness He did He almost gave us too much He's like Corey You know You can concatenate things I hate to, You know It's like your user stories You send them in like 140 characters So like one story <laughs> Turns into like 80 messages I'm just kidding Corey uh, So we got a series Of messages from Corey What was the net net What are we going to talk about
1: Uh Talk about in the six years that we've been doing this, things that have changed, things that haven't changed, that are still bedrock for us. That that's still it doesn't matter. Six years of learning and doing new things, talking to different people, trying stuff, still the same. Cool. And then just kind of new stuff, just generally net new.
0: So where have we shifted? Where have we not shifted? Mm-hmm. Uh, in our opinions, what have yep. we learned? Maybe is another way to say that. Mm-hmm. And it's almost seven years, Josh, right? It's like six it and it's sort of like six and three quarters or mm-hmm. something. Uh, so we're coming up on seven, I think in January or, or December. Let's just
1: round up and call it 10.
0: Uh, 10 years?
1: Give <laughs> a nice even number.
0: I don't know about that. that. You're 60. Did you notice I just froze there? I was just thinking 10 years with you and I was looking <laughs> in your eyes and I was like, holy crap, shoot me now, please. Can you imagine my poor wife? Oh my God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> MediCasters send her some sympathy cards are are warranted. Cards, me. flowers, chocolate. Flowers, she chocolate. She doesn't just give me sympathy. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a constant flow of sympathy. Uh so you want me to kick it off? Yeah. Fire away. So one that we've talked about over the Metacast is release planning. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think I've I've changed. Uh, and you've you've And I've changed so as well. You've yeah. changed as well. I've changed. I used to think of release planning as being uh, much more of a uh, sort of a, a safe PI, um, you know, planning event, like you get everyone in a room, they have to be in a room. It has to be immersed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like this huge event. So it's static and it's static for a train I've softened because I've seen clients who do, uh, they do release planning. For example, they're very distributed and they put up a board. There's a tool called real time board. Mm-hmm. We and use that, yeah. Do you guys use that? Yeah, for some
1: of the remote teams we have.
0: So they're using that because they're highly distributed, mm-hmm. uh, and they do release planning over weeks. Like they they pick away at it, right? They they do it uh, over weeks. And the other thing that people are starting to do, and you do this, is rolling wave. Mm-hmm. So more more instead of a static thing, it's rolling wave instead of a big bang thing. Not that that's bad, but it's not the only way to do it. Right, right. Rolling wave is okay. Uh, If you have the leadership and the management of it, if you will, not management, but you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe the maturity, Um, and you can just – and you can chip away at it, and it's okay to chip away at it and to take a while to do that. So I've softened with continuous uh, distributed teams. Uh,
1: Hold on. I want to talk about the – Go ahead. release planning thing, just so we yeah. can kind of get well, I sides. was
0: But I was saying distributed teams there. Oh, okay, okay. I would, I would used to, I, you know, five years ago, eight years ago, I'm like fly everyone into the, so it wasn't just a big bang. Mm-hmm. It was suck it up and fly everyone in from India and get them in the same room. And that's the only way to do it because you need a team, right? Mm-hmm. You need people to mm-hmm. have face-to-face communication. And I've seen these sort of tools and approaches. If the teams really engage it, if they engage it, it's okay to – so you're not just doing it incrementally, but you're doing it incrementally around the world yeah. via the tooling, and it doesn't suck. It's sort of you can create a shared view. You can create a shared view. You can execute to a shared view, and you can deliver to a, fair, a shared view. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: so I think if you rewind to the Metacast six years ago, I was on one end of the spectrum, and you were on the other end of the spectrum. You were exactly what you talked about. And I was like, no, that's a waste of time and energy and it just doesn't make sense. Yep. And then over time as we talked and you kept poking at me about how I was how I was evolving and starting to do some sort of release planning even though I wasn't calling it release planning. I was right. starting to do it because I started to understand the value of it. And the thing that helped me with that, that pushed me over the edge was the safe training class that we went to. And I saw it and I took an opportunity to step back and look at the value that it brought to the table and, okay, I really value the things that their PSI event has. I yep. just wanted to do it differently. Yep. So that's where we started to, to come towards this middle point where we're doing a release planning, but it is – like what you said, it's a rolling wave where we're doing it every four weeks. So that gives us that – Iteration and that view and yep. allows us to continually refine it instead of, okay, we're doing this once a quarter and it's locked in and it's a death march because that's what I was afraid of yep. was doing that. So we just decided to refine it just that. Well, like you made that. it
0: part of your – that's one of the safe things that you made part of the donut, right? Mm-hmm. So that is when I was joking yeah. last – I guess last Metacast, I yeah. was like the donut is so light and <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't put any safe right. in it at all. What are you talking about? The release planning aspects are a strong part of the donut that you br- yeah. that you rolled in. Right, uh, didn't do it the same way, no. but the concepts are the same. So that's one area. Uh, and what-
1: that team. So I'm 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 going back to the distributed teams. I was the same way, um, but as technology has enabled it, right? And tools are one of the things I want to talk about. But tools have enabled and many companies that are founded in distributed teams that's yep. just how they were born yeah so they had to find a way to make this work there's things out there there's companies out there that i appreciate and read about and follow and they they just that's how they work so that has begun to infuse it into more enterprise companies like us where they're trying to do it right co-located but oh there's also this team over here and oh this team over here and oh you acquire this company and they have five people there or six people there, and, oh, they're all over the place, and then how do you manage and run that? And it can be done. Is it is it optimal? That's something that Richard and I always talk about a lot, that for us, we still believe optimal is face-to-face. I
0: believe that optimal is face-to-face, but over the seven years, and I'm agreeing with you, I've seen – I used to be very anti distributed teams mm-hmm. not anti but I was like they, they can't work they cannot be agile the open source community is a is a is a odd twist of that right of uh, open source software development and they've been successful mm-hmm. with large teams distributed teams uh, the tools I think have really influenced that um, what's what's uh, what's the one uh, I'm thinking of now. Uh, there's a there's a message collaboration tool that you guys use. Uh, Hipchat? No, where you have channels and things Slack like that. Slack. Slack. Like, yeah, yeah. So I think same, so, same thing. So HipChat, Slack, they're indicative of that evolution of tools where you can have distributed sort of real time conversations right. has changed the game. Mm-hmm. I mean in the visual tools where you can do paired you can do paired software development visually across the the, the net. That's that's true as well. Uh, but I, I think the teams are doing that, and it 's not just that they 're doing it they 're doing it successfully, mm-hmm. so that was my knock before seven years ago. I mean there was distributed teams seven years ago, yeah,
1: but it was so hard to get it right.
0: It was so hard to get it right, and that 's where I was really sort of railing against it and Now you see more and more instances where they 're getting it right. What else you got? do you have anything i have I have a list of metacasters uh so but i want I want to make sure um, so are
1: we doing changes as far as are we in the changes realm? We're in the
0: change my views. Yeah, okay. we're still in the change list, I think.
1: Um, something that has really evolved for me is as I've learned and made mistakes and challenged myself, it's it's that agile management role and really understanding what that means and that delicate balance of um, enough freedom but so that – learning to become a guiding hand.
0: You've actually, now that I don't, I didn't think about it before as you were starting to go down that path, I was, I was having this aha in my brain. So seven years ago, you were very different mm-hmm. from a management perspective yeah. Oh, yeah, than you are now. Yeah. So you've evolved tremendously over the last, not because of the Metacast or just your own journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't you say like your hand has changed?
1: Yeah. I, I and I oscillated quite a lot, so I was at a larger company and was very traditional management, like project management, even, and that it, it never sat well with me. So I tried to, to evolve, and then I got another opportunity, and I whipped to the other side, right? Of hands-off freedom, everything goes, and then over the years, I started to oscillate between the two, and then the oscillation started the lesson and I kind of found my groove in the sweet spot and really helped me hone in the things that I believe and applying the shoe, how model to not just teams, but to people and roles in the organization and understanding when is the right time to have the prescription that you lay out and when is it okay to start to peel back? And then sometimes it doesn't always go shu ha re. Maybe it goes shu ha shu. Yeah, and then it you does. have to get them back it, to ha. It does because it, I always thought of it's a progression, and once you're there, you're there. But in reality, sometimes stuff happens, and they stumble, and you got to go back to the way things I think were to reinvest. I
0: think that's more than normal. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about metacasts like aha moments for you in the metacast. I think the one where the story I, f- I forget the company you were at, but where you pulled out of the retrospective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was an aha moment, and you talked about that in the Metacast. Uh, the Richard, uh, the value of a scrum master, mm-hmm. and, the, and the part that they play was an aha moment more recently probably uh, here. Uh, but those are some things that have caused you, I think, you to adjust.
1: Yeah, so that, so the, the, what I was fighting against when I pulled myself out of the retrospective, thanks to you kind of forcing me to do that, was I didn't want to believe that that the title and the role that I had mattered. Right when it did. I didn't want it to matter, but that doesn't matter that I didn't want it to matter. The people that reported to me and worked there still perceived, saw perceived Josh better. with this role and this title, and oh, Josh says it. Uh-oh, maybe I should do that. And I didn't want that to happen. but And you kind of smacked me around and said, okay, that's great that you don't want it to happen, but that's not reality. Reality is it does matter. So understand that. And, and then I've learned to Appreciate and respect that better than I used to, and understand how that affects people. Well, Even though I didn't want it to affect them, I recognize that it did. And, and it you're, a,
0: and you're a good leader. It, it, that's the revelation. It's not if you were a bad leader, you'd have more influence. But you're a good leader, and you're a good agilist, and you you have all this balance. But at the end of the day, it actually it's not about you. Right. It's about how people perceive you. And it's not just that event. I've heard you talk about things here, like design reviews, how you influence architecture. Mm-hmm. And it's that balance you've re- you've changed. I'm agreeing with you. You've you've we've heard it in the medicast over over a few the last few years, right. where you've made these micro adjustments. There were larger adjustments a few years ago. Now you're making micro adjustments. So that's a good one. Estimation is one for me. Over the years, um, I've gone to simpler estimation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I've gone to uh, talking more so I want to rewind back a long time ago
1: you and I always kind of debated the points and hours and did yeah. you estimate both did you do both did you track both and I think you were you would always apply hours to tasks like you would task things out and put hours on them yep.
0: are you still in that mode or I'm still in that mode for beginning teams I mean okay. I just did that I just went through this with a client earlier this week where we were doing hours, but most of them are, are shoe team. They're, they're, they're right. shoe teams or they're even green shoe teams. Right. And I was trying to use it for burn down charts, but I, I do half days. So, I mean, uh, one of my things is not hours, but when I say hours, it's half-day increments. Right, okay. So I'm trying to abstract people from hours, mm-hmm. hour math to half-day math, uh, but it's still hours. But it, I get for new teams, I still do that. But even that's evolving. It's coming up. It's letting go of my project management. Mm-hmm. Like you, I have these. I think I have these project management trainings. That's how we grew up, right? Right. And we're were also and we're also leaders. We are also in management roles, Mm -hmm. where the people we report to want to hear Gantt charts, and they want to hear. They don't want to hear point conversations. (laughs) They want to hear hours, and so it's hard translating that sometimes. So I've softened on on everything. I've I've gone from, you know, eight years ago or ten years ago, it was always Fibonacci fibonacci now i'm you know t-shirt sizing so i'm simpling the the number of choices have simplified if i can influence it uh i'm okay uh i'm, I'm emphasizing talking more mm-hmm. right so so forget the numbers even the numbers of the numbers i want you to talk more about the why behind the numbers I've probably been emphasizing that in my coaching more.
1: Yeah, that's something that's been really beneficial here is the couple times you've come in and helped on the product owner side is that getting people to really understand what a story is. And it's a promise for a conversation. And it's about the conversation. It's not about the points. And that's something that I've heard in our product team and in the squads and tribes here that – gives me peace, that we're doing the right thing. Yep. So that's been something that's been really beneficial for us, but is it's, reframing
0: the mindset. But it's not traditional. I mean, again, the, the client I'm working with now, they're really stuck on numbers. Right. right? It's not even just estimation. It's what, what, is, what does the estimates mean? They're a promise. They're they're shackles, right? They're they're seriously, <laughs> right, yeah, oh yeah. They're, They shack, You can see it in people's mind. You want me to? You want me to give you a number? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to mm-hmm. do with it? And I, I'm trying to lessen that. Uh, the other thing is even none. Uh, I'm I'm trying. I'm getting my brain wrapped around just execute a sprint. So almost estimate on the fly. Yeah, I hope I'm making sense mm-hmm. of like like folks who if you just size a story. If you just make st- sure a story is a medium, well then, and they're all mediums. If are the then you don't need to worry about estimates. You just need to worry about you know getting them roughly hammered into the same shape, and then you focus on es- uh, execution. There's this hashtag no estimates movement, yeah. which is so it's taking that de-emphasis of estimates because I still think they're unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the numbers fault. But it's that. What does it do to your brain? How does it? You can look in people's eyes. Yeah. Uh, remember the chart we had the sign here before folks would even. Oh do yeah. It? yeah. It's before, still hanging up in our space. Before they would even do high level estimates. Forget like. It was like, our first PSI event. Yeah, and we had to we had to promise that we weren't going to use it against them mm-hmm. and hold them accountable. Because
1: there's so much history people have where that's just it's it's wielded like a hammer. And it, right? it, it, it is, and it's so scary.
0: It is. So I'm softening there. Uh, that's an area where I'm sort of. I, I, if I look back broadly, not day by day, but broadly, I think I'm I'm softening. And five years from now, I'll probably be dropping estimates. I mean, I'll probably you know be, be de-emphasizing them even more.
1: Ma'am, I I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's the way I've evolved with that is we've we've gone to a model where we're continually refining them as we discover more and. It helps us recognize and understand when, okay, when we first talk about it, so our first level is a T-shirt size. So we give stuff a small, medium, large, and that's it. And we know about how many sprints that is based on history because we've been doing this for a couple of years and we've just tracked that. So we know a small is approximately two to four sprints, something like that, or one to two sprints. I don't know what the number is. Um, But that just helps us look forward at, okay, if we want to do that – likelihood is we'd need N more squads or something like that. So it's helped us as we begin to forecast this growth that we want to do. That what's it really going to take to do this growth?
0: But what could you do and again, I'm not I'm I'm looking forward now, but imagine a world where let's say you beat them. 'em they're all in the, the same you beat them into the submission and they're all fives or they're all mediums. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you don't have to estimate anymore. You're just good at beating them into mediums. Oh, okay, and, I got gotcha. you. And 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 you can do your forecasting with that, but if you're good at beating them into mediums, then the whole that that you know that yeah. fear, the look in people's eyes, it goes away. And and we're on this path of going from that traditional estimation to we're here now, and I'm not sure we'll ever get there. But that's where No Estimates is trying to go.
1: But we, so we're getting near that fear disappearing, yeah, because we have enough history where we can say in aggregate something that we all think is a medium is about this many sprints yeah a large is about this many sprints and we have data to back it up and that's what gives the squads comfort
0: so that's maybe the goal it's yeah. not it's not no estimates it's it's removing the fear right. and having the numbers be a discussion point for right. strategy strategic yep. planning right. and comp- composition and risk management, which is what I want to see, right?
1: Right, of oh, we think we can make ten million dollars doing this, but if yeah. it's gonna cost us this much exactly. to build it, maybe we shouldn't do it. Or I'm, maybe that should be number two and this should be number one. Yeah. So that's really what it's about for us is the strategic direction. Seeing it in the it, right light. Yeah, and right. everyone,
0: it's everyone on the team seeing it in the right light. Right. Well then they become healthy. Whatever you're doing mm-hmm. is at this healthy level, which is what I which is what I wanna see. So that that's part of it. But that's one of those things that is such a sharp sword.
1: That it can cut you really quickly and you can just bleed out yeah right just the whole company can
0: just do a death spiral yep I, I would agree uh, related to what you were saying, stories are on my change I've changed views with stories uh, and I and, and again this is less abrupt than the estimation, but I've gone you've heard me talk about this I've gone more to narrative i've em- I'm emphasizing. I've said things like I think we've lost the story behind the user story and we're turning them into use cases. We're turning them into right, requirements. Right, right. And I'm, I'm continuing to – I'm trying to influence – You know, allow yourself to create vague stories. Uh, emphasize narrative and storytelling at an epic level but also at a feature level and maybe also at a big story level. And then the other evolution along the way is I still think we do a crappy job of acceptance criteria in the world. We still forget. It's like uh, you know the the bastard child of the story is the acceptance criteria, and for some reason we don't. A lot of organizations don't focus on it, and that I'd like to see. I'm I'm, I'm so I'm re-emphasizing acceptance criteria, uh, because it's a gap mm-hmm. in a lot of places. But I'm also then emphasizing sort of what the narrative. So the story for me is becoming the storytelling part right. plus acceptance criteria, which which I think are design aids and you know risk aids and things like that, Rea- yeah. react to that. The,
1: the evolution for me is really understanding what a story is. I think that's the biggest thing when I look back because for me it's kind of the opposite. So for me it was a use case and that's where I started. And then I've evolved as we've tried things, done things. I've been in your classes. I've just seen and heard and read. And the stories – Now I understand what they're really about, and I've been able to coach teams better into really delivering stories with good acceptance criteria, but I didn't start there. So So I think you might have started there, and then you feel like it's devolved a little bit. I started the opposite way where it was a use case. And I've understood the value of it and what a good one looks like. Like I never really had a good example of what good looked like. Yeah. So it was like I was just chasing this ghost out there yeah. of what it was. And then just time and experience has helped me recognize and see, oh, that's a good one. And then I hung on to it and, and then I've been able to help coach people to get there.
0: Well, you and I are different. You've had long, t- longer tenured, you know, you've been in the trenches with companies. Mm-hmm. And I'm bouncing around from company to company right. trying to influence change. I think. I think – Part of part of my journey is what I'm seeing and mm-hmm. how they're influencing me. Like I, part of the acceptance criteria is you know after like after ten years, you would think people would be nailing it, but they're <laughs> still right. They're still really light on that. Yeah. Uh, and then they're evolving towards use cases, right? Or they're stay or they've never evolved away from use case. And you've evolved. You've driven these nice evolutions away, and you're continuing to evolve. Mm. Do you you have any other change your views? I have one, metrics. So
1: our Uh, first argument ever was on tools. Like I remember the lunch you and I went on and you were like, I'm going to take this young whippersnapper out back. I'm going to beat the snot out of him to get them to understand that tools aren't. aren't Have I ever done that? Have I ever embellished anything? No.
0: (laughs) So you you were pro tools and I was. Oh, yeah.
1: The tools solved the world for me. Well, well you were was, tools
0: when you and I met. Yeah, you were hired as a tools guy, weren't you? Yeah, something yeah, yeah. like a CI guy or something that like that. That
1: Was my weapon, man. I was, and I you was were swinging good. it. Yeah,
0: that's why we. That's yeah. why they hired you. Yeah,
1: and you were again taking this young whippersnapper, nineteen years young, younger. I wasn't nineteen at the time, but you had a couple of years on me and a little bit more experience. Like, listen. Sonny boy, or baby cakes, if you've called me before, Thank unfortunately. You. Thank you for bringing that up again, Josh. <laughs> I
0: appreciate that.
1: Um, and you just kind of started it. And what really happened was you planted that seed and so you planted how, the so, seed
0: of doubt. So, what, how, what's articulate that? Because I don't know if I know what your, I, I mean, I sort of maybe get it, but what has your tooling evolution been?
1: So, I led with tools. Of let's just take all this other stuff out of it. The tools have the rules and everything you need to do to understand how to do agile well. Right. So back in the day, it was Jira and Greenhopper. Yeah. And you match those two together, and it was agile, right? And if you, you just use the tool the right just way, just follow the tool, everything worked. Yep. Right. But then evolution and understanding and a lot of mistakes along the way. Now I lead with no tools, and I lead with. Paper and
0: stickies and boards. So, so I never got that. I mean, I got you were a tools guy in the beginning, but I never, I never really thought about the evolution. But you have, you have done a three or, or one eighty or something, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you look at our space, you look at our like,
1: space, there's stickies freaking everywhere.
0: Well, no, but there's like a, a there's a two by four board for God's sakes. I mean, you're talking <laughs> about like it's, it's, it's yeah. like it's like pilgrim whiteboards, right? it's, yeah. it's retro. Yeah. Uh, so that's true. I mean, you still have tooling. Absolutely. So it's not that you're, you are leveraging tools, but you have like two halves. You've evolved to the two halves. There's tool, there's tools support us, Mm -hmm. but the, the low fidelity stuff is what creates collaboration and things. And you focus. Yeah, because that,
1: because that's our gathering spot. So that's where the ceremonies happen. That's where the events happen and people move stickies. And that's where the discussions about moving the stickies happen. And okay, we're doing really good in the sprint. I want to pull the sticky in is the right thing to do. and, and, I've had tremendous success in getting people to talk to a sticky. Like you can't just go into anything and just talk about stuff. Like you should be holding a sticky in your hand and referencing something so that way people know and understand the discussion and tools make that kind of hard to do. So and you have, when you had, you know, yeah, you've yeah. changed.
0: you've oscillated yeah. a lot there now, now that you're sort of talking about it, I'm like, yeah, you you've done, you've, you've really changed there. So the tooling thing, uh, and, 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 again, that's a learning, so you've done that. Uh, metrics, I've gone from, and this is almost embarrassing, but I, I think in metrics, when you and I met at Teradata, and I was, I, I guess I was a project manager, agile project manager or something, and then the Scrum Master, mm-hmm. they had a weird role for me. Uh, but it was half traditional project management because that's how you had to report things out, and then it was half agile And I was agile before that, but I think it corrupted me to some degree. So this is around when we met. And I was starting to, in my head, I was starting to think in traditional metrics, Mm -hmm. like velocity. I would, you know, I'd want to measure teams in velocity, uh, et cetera. And and I wasn't terrible, but I was was sort of, I wasn't looking at the outcome. I was looking at the metrics themselves, and I was falling into those metrics dysfunction traps of measuring lines of code. Uh, even if we didn't do it, that's how my brain was wired, and now I'm starting—not uh, starting—I've shifted towards outcome, outcome, outcome. What are the results, right? So let's measure. Don't measure the internals. Like, let the teams worry about the internals. Mm-hmm. Measure what's happening on the outside. So, so there's almost two in my coaching and even in my brain. It's like whatever's in the bubble of the team, I want them to measure it, but that's for them. That's for their improvement, and we should let them alone. Mm-hmm. And we can provide some instructions or help or put little, you know, throw in little arrows to say, well, have you tr- thought about measuring actuals? Because you're struggling with estimation, and maybe actuals would help you mm-hmm. for a few, few sprints. So you could, they could measure that, but I, then I won't peek in. But then really focusing on what are we producing. Uh, part of that is the value, like doing, uh, like measuring features, customer usage, customer usage metrics, my, are really becoming important to me, like not what we think is going to be used but what's actually being used. Uh, so, I've, so I've shifted on the metric side, and I think in a healthier way. Yeah. A lot of it wasn't in my coaching. I guess what I'm talking about there is a Part of our evolution is, is our brain changing, right? Is our So there's what we're saying, but then is our view of the world shifting as well? And on the metric side, I'm really fundamentally shifting away right. from the way I thought. How about you? And what else you got?
1: So I started um, in the never-ending search that's been going on for decades of one metric to rule them all. Right? Was there one number that I could point to? And for a while, I I was carrying this banner of these two metrics of average points per engineer per sprint and external defects found. And that and that was like when I was getting hired here. Like, how do you measure productivity, success, all those things? And, and it was like, those two. That's it. Those two what I've evolved to is an array of indicators. So they're not metrics for us anymore like we stopped using that. Right. So it's indicators and there is no you there's like 20 of them, but you can't look at one of them and that's going to tell you a story. You have to look at them in in aggregate and we now share them with the squads on a regular basis. Yeah. And say, here's your instrument panel of all the numbers that have been going on for the past quarter. Right. What do you think is happening?
0: Well, the, the other thing I think you, you didn't say it is trending. So instead right. of reacting to a point, oh yeah, yeah, it's so it's the indicators and what is what is the trending of the dashboard or what yeah. is the trending of the indicators, right? Yeah. So
1: so, there, so we don't we've kind of stopped talking about them as metrics, but. Indicators and emphasizing the plurality of that word. There's a dozen things you can look at. Don't ever zoom in on one. And even worse, don't even zoom on one point on one. Exactly. Uh, Step back and look at them. So that's what we do. We put them in front of the squads about once a quarter and say, hey, here's some things. What do you think? Um, And then as far as external usage, what I've migrated to is tracking behaviors. So behaviors of users. What are the things that we want them to do? That's a beautiful, okay, I like that. So the thing I always go back to is Netflix. All they care about is getting people to watch more movies. Yeah.
0: And that's it. Everything that they do should drive towards that. But that's that outcome I'm talking about. That's focused on outcomes, right? Right. So
1: what are the behaviors or outcomes that you want your customers to do more of? Yeah. And then every story, every epic, every theme you do should drive towards that.
0: Yeah. I, I would buy that. So that's an evolution. A final one for me, and I, it probably overlaps. Although I'm a coach, I'm a formal coach, and you're an internal. So I'm external internal. Is my coaching has I think gotten more prescriptive mm-hmm. or nuanced? Never
1: yeah, have heard that over the past years. Yeah,
0: right. Over the years, I think I think I was I was naive, and it's it's a real subtle balance, and I haven't I have not achieved it. But I, you know, when you and I first met. I probably emphasized team more or softness more mm-hmm. or allow, you know, Danielson allow wax on, wax off, allow, allow it to emerge. And that's all, that was all good. Um, and, or I was incredibly prescriptive maybe, but I've softened and figured out shuhari. As, mm-hmm. So I'm actioning more shuhari. I'm thinking more shuhari. Uh, and I'm not afraid to tell teams what to do. Uh, nowadays when I was, I was, I was always afraid to, to be prescriptive and I would do it, but I was always feel bad. Now I've actually, my feelings are I'm doing the right thing. Right. When, if, if if I feel like I'm balanced and it's strategic and I have the nuance, it's, it's situationally correct. Uh, then, then I'm getting that balance of when to push and when not to push, um, you and I have talked in another – we did another review, Metacast, where we said we were naive. Remember we were doing those back? We were reviewing old ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We did a couple of that. We didn't really yeah. do a lot of that. But I think in the one we were saying, boy, we were naive back then. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do, I do think there's this naivete that happens. And I think if we sampled eight years from now, it's it's it, we're constantly – that's the cool thing about Agile is you're never done. So we're – you know, eight years ago, it's not that we were bad. We were actually quite good, mm-hmm. but we had like a narrow view or something. Now, eight years later, seven years later, we have this discussion. I think seven years from now, I'd love to hear. Right, we'd be looking back and saying, "Boy, we were naive back then." Yeah, uh, we we had some other adjustments. So, coaching, uh, have you seen that same trend for you, or have you seen it in me?
1: I well, definitely seen it in you, and as you come back. It, It's weird. It's after events, after something happened, after a conference or a coaching gig or something, and you come back and you're like, damn it, Josh, and you pound the table. And it's like, we got to be more prescriptive as an industry. And, you know, you're, you're, you're on fire. Right. And so there've been things along the way where I'm like, holy crap, something went weird where he was at, you know? Um, But as far as me personally, I think the one thing I, it's probably just a, a part of getting
0: old but sit, so, Josh. What did you just say? You're not. You're not. No, go ahead. Getting older. Yes, <laughs> we can put that on there. Uh,
1: is that when I was young? Right, I, there was nothing I couldn't do, and there was nothing I shouldn't do. And I can remember the first time I actually said no. Of, I can't actually take that on, and understanding the capacity that I had. Because if you asked me five years ago, my capacity was infinite, right? And I could do anything and everything. And then understanding that experience and the value that experience brings and being able to leverage that and apply it correctly. Because you can also just cause a mess with that and just and, get people to stop listening to you. But how to take experience and apply it correctly. Yep. Before, I didn't recognize that experience had, had value. So I didn't want to listen to Bob with 19 more years of experience because yep. I knew better. Right? Yep. You know, I, just, I just know. And that was wrong. Um, then I've learned to understand and appreciate that. And then I've learned to…
0: Apply it correctly. The experience that I have. Well, and it's open. You said it. I, I mean, when I come back, I'm listening. I mean, I'm I'm not just attending a conference and I'm not just speaking at it. But I'm and you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're listening. Your radar is open. You're learning, uh, and you're not just reacting to what someone said. But it might have like you know you're pondering it and it might make some adjustments and things like that. So we're trying to we're continuous learners and we're continuously trying to improve ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you see that. Do you have any other ch- where places where you've changed? Maybe we want to change gears and talk about where have we been the same?
1: Uh, the where- thing where I, I've evolved, I think, quite a lot, and you touched on a little bit, is really understanding the value of exceptional scrum masters and exceptional product owners Ugh. and the effect that that can have on the squad and how if you get a good one, it's pretty good. If you could a bad one. It's really bad. But if you get a great one, then just watch out. Yeah. And, and I've learned to really recognize those from how to find them and, yep. and, and, uh, you know, recruit them and get them on board. Cause you understand yep. how important it is. And then also how to just encourage them and allow them to do their thing. And then just step back and be amazed, uh, you know, five six years ago, I'm like, yeah, you know, just give me a product, and we can make it happen. Or, give me a scrum master. We don't even need a scrum right. master, right? I can do it. Right. Um, but then, having seen a couple of really exceptional ones, it's kind of like that story thing. Was I didn't know what a good one looked like. Yep. Then I saw it, and then I latched on. I was like, holy crap! Never let go.
0: I, in my in my current client, I was just talking about. I've been having the same <laughs> discussion with them because they're building. They have some. They've assigned some folks. Um, the product owners are struggling a little bit because they're new scrum masters the more some of the more experienced ones are struggling in a new context some of the newer ones are like have great instincts and you can see promise Mm -hmm. Uh, but i've been trying to paint that exact picture of uh you need to get good ones you you need to invest in sort of and it's not because of scrum that's the thing that that's the trap that people Mm -hmm. think about oh you're just you're just telling us that you're just shoving scrum down our throat I'm not saying it because I'm shoving Scrum. I'm, I'm saying it because the, these guys, Sutherland and Schwaver, were wise, right? Mm-hmm. They had wisdom, And those two roles. So, team plus Scrum Master plus Product Owner. If those two roles rock, you get outstanding results, mm-hmm. right? Which is what you're saying. Uh, so, how do you how do you sort of communicate that, and how do you detect that, mm-hmm. uh, and and nurture that? And the, and those are special roles there's an, it's very rare to get what an outstanding scroll master. And it's very rare to get an outstanding PO mm-hmm. or whatever. And a, one that is going to be a force multiplier for you in your transformation. Uh, that's a cool one. We're the same. I'm going to tee up something, uh, maybe some same ones. I'll start with one that I thought um, maybe intersects you and I, and I'd, I'd like to hear your, your point in know, X, ex- I'm actually coming to the conclusion, you know, you have, you have external coaches and you have training and stuff. I'm thinking that outstanding agile is actually related to the leader who's driving it. And if that leader gets shot, it may go away. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not, it's not a recipe, it's scrum masters and product owners, but I'm going to use you against, not again, for you. Mm. So here, I, I consider Dude a relatively solid Agile shop. Mm-hmm. That's, and I know you don't like to take credit, So, uh, but it's, that's, you're the leader leading that. At Eye Contact, that's a case study for me. People who've left Eye Contact have done really well as they've sprinkled around this area.
1: Right.
0: I, I'd like to think I did a good job there of leading an Agile instance. I, I think it's, it's not leadership I, unique. You need a champion. You need someone who's part leader and gets it. Uh, part, they have to have courage. They have to have experience. They have to be evolving. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't have that, I wonder if you can create high-performance agile. And I'm starting to think, no, you can't. The, the, there is a leadership dynamic with high-performance agile, and you have to actually touch those leaders, and then you have to create your replacements. Mm-hmm. Because if you left, like, like for example, let's say you did dude for a year, and you really didn't have time to evolve your replacements, and you left, right? Would would two years later would the agile instance be growing and sustainable the way you had left it? Mm-hmm. And I would say no, it right. it probably wouldn't. So reactive. So that's the thing. I have the same view uh, that I think leadership is central. But it's, it's, a, it's not a commonly held view in the Agile community that leadership is central.
1: And I think part of that is because Agile leadership is hard and getting that really done right is hard, that there's not many shining examples that are out there where you can, again, just like that story where I was chasing this ghost. I didn't yeah. know what it looked like. I think there are a lot of people out there that are chasing that same ghost. And the, the stuff I was thinking about when you were talking through that is that take Agile out of there. Just leading teams, yeah, leading teams, leading an Olympic team, a football team, uh, a research team.
0: Inspiring them.
1: Yeah, that that, that the team's going to be good. But if there's a good leader that empowers and does everything a good leader should, that group of people is going to be more effective. And for some reason, I think you're right, people don't want to apply that to Agile. And maybe because there's so much focus on the team, the team, the team, the team, the team. But still, there's there's some leading that has to happen for a collection of humans to excel. Forget what realm we're in. Well, and
0: for, and for it to be sustainable. Yeah. Because I don't think it's... I've seen this. It's not sustainable. When I've seen it. Yahoo, there's instances. Salesforce, when, when key leaders have left, they've struggled with sustaining. They've sustained. Mm-hmm. but But leadership came in, and leadership evolved. So I think the other part of it is... Uh, refining your replacements mm-hmm. and building it, it is about the team to team to team but it's also about the leader the leader, the leader right. and developing that so developing similar minded leaders uh, and, and and that creates the sustainability so that's something that'm I'm, I'm, I sort of I don't i haven't changed on that if anything i'm increasing on the importance of leadership over time not decreasing yeah. or waffling on it what do you got same views
1: yeah so I think the one thing that I, I look back over a hundred episodes, the one thing that has really remained the same and I've tried to challenge it, really tried to challenge it, pushed hard, is just the word count. Right? Just Bob. Bob talks way more than Josh. And that's the one thing Ooh. that has been consistent that I've tried to kill.
0: But you couldn't kill I, it. I couldn't, right? I've done it. Have you you've tried everything? I've tried it. You're, you haven't no, you haven't brought in food. I've enlisted your wife. Well, she's
1: been on my side.
0: she's been on your side from the very beginning. <laughs> do you remember in the early metacast that you would we would come to my house I in do. the morning? Yeah. uh it was very early in the yeah. morning. And 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 Diane would be you know she's like oh that, and she was enamored with you for some reason how oh, that young whippersnapper Josh he's so he's such you know he's here on time and then the dogs would we'd have to be like at <laughs> yeah. the dogs around you and stuff uh, but yes so word count
1: word count yeah I mean that's and again like that was top on my list of things that haven't changed in hundred episodes
0: <sighs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes yes. Uh, another, I've been
1: teeing that one up in my mind for like I, twenty I, minutes I, now. <laughs>
0: Metacasters, if you can see the twinkle in the man's eye, right? He's just he's he's now. I'm so if, proud. If we shot him now, he would die a happy man. That right? is correct. It, yes, he's. He, <laughs> he, you, you feel good? Good. I do. I do. Um, another one I have is, um, and I'm going to put him the well. No, I'm uh, craft and team accountability. I don't think I've changed on which is a good thing. I hope it's not a bad thing, but the, the importance of craft, uh, technical mm-hmm. skills. I think you and I have been consistent with yeah. this. XP practices, yeah. the importance of the team, the importance of team accountability, and the importance of craft and professionalism. I think from episode one to episode 100, we've been pretty consistent with that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I would agree completely. It, it's it's Those are kind of the foundational things that have to happen for a group of people building software to work together well. Again, take out agile, take out how you're going to do it. Right. But for those things to happen, that group of people have to operate like that. They have to have the accountability to each other. They have to have the openness to challenge each other and throw out ideas and welcome ideas. And then just the, just the technical chops as well.
0: So we've done, we've done a lot of that. I, I mean, part of that is going back to basics. We've, over the years, we've had this sort of cycle of we need to go back to basics. We need to – have we jumped the shark? Remember mm-hmm. the jump the shark? It was have we gone too far? There's – that is a thread that we've had. Uh, the importance of community I put there, and and so I haven't oscillated on that. So I think the reason – we I do the, the Metacast is community. Mm-hmm. The reason you host meetings here. You've done an open house mm-hmm. is well, I mean part of that is marketing, part of that is recruiting, but I think an, a, a common denominator is community, right? Giving back to the community. So I think we've been consistent with the with our emphasis on community over the over the years as well. Yeah, that's
1: why we started. Yeah. And that's why and at the end of every episode, many episodes, we talk about Help us reach more people, yeah. and it's not because we want more listeners or anything like that. It's just we want the words we're saying to make a difference for somebody, just one person.
0: That's and that's it, uh, and and that's not. There's no bullshit to that. Uh, that's that's your heart. That's probably the glue that's kept you and I together, or one of the glue points. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I genuinely like you, right. but one of the glue points is are spiritually we're in the same place that so we just want to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, there 's it 's not about you it 's not about me it 's not about ego or anything. I mean, probably the two things that have kept us together uh is I, I have fun with you and yeah. i and I, like, <laughs> I look forward i was someone was asking me earlier, you know do you miss Josh because we haven 't done i we said this in the last metacast, do you miss Josh because you haven 't done a metacast in three weeks and my response was, yeah, I do, and I really look forward to this I look for, and so that 's why I get perky sometimes coming in here. I have fun doing it. But the other part of it is we're both like-minded to give back, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the sole goal. Uh, and, and if someone said, you know, we're missing the mark, then I would probably close the doors, right? If, there, if, if it was we were having no effect mm-hmm. and we could – someone prove that.
1: Right, but as you and I go out and speak at conferences and things like that, people are stopping us. People are – Oh, and it's the reverse, it, it, yeah. right? We right. were having an effect. Right. And,
0: and that sort of encourages me and encourages you. Yeah. And that's the whole point. That That's the whole point. Real quickly, I know we're running out of time and stuff, uh, new stuff. Why don't we wrap up with sort of new things that we've seen over the last seven years, and we don't have to drill into them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just create a list, and I'll tee one up with one of your favorites. So one of the cool things that have happened, not it's not new. It's probably in the last, what, four years or something, mm-hmm. is Spotify. Right. What a cool idea. company that created some structures and terminology uh, and flattened themselves. And they still have leaders, mm-hmm. but who flatten themselves, and who share it and share it. What do you think? Uh, good. I, I well,
1: think yeah. I mean, you know, I've latched onto that sense. It's I part of the donut, the for God's yeah, sakes. Yeah, right? Exactly. So you've made it part it, of the donut. It is part of the recipe of the donut. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Spotify is something I think that's super cool, and it's not over. They're changing mm-hmm. and they're evolving and they're sharing, and it's a good example. So goodness. Uh, I think Ma. I'll tee another one up, mob programming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with mob.
1: We did an experiment.
0: Did you? Yeah. Uh, did it work reasonably well? Pretty
1: well, pretty well. Um, timing was a little interesting with things going on, and the team said that they thought that if it was a different sprint at a different place in the year, um, they thought it would have been really good. So we're going to do a revisit of that probably in a few months.
0: But really interesting, people taking a risk, yeah. uh, you know, Part of that, part of the inspiration of MAPRA, If if something is good, so if estimating with less, I mean, again, this is what let's use the example whip limit. Mm-hmm. If a whip limit of four is good, then a whip limit of one is even better. Right. And so let's go to the extreme. So I like the example there of let's take it to the extreme. So there's a couple, there's a, some evolutionary things to pay attention to, um, and and maybe learn and and sort of internalize. What do you what do you got? New trends. I think the one thing that's been percolating for the
1: past, you know, six years is DevOps, and DevOps has been that buzzword that people have thrown out that it was kind of like Agile, right? Like you could define it 50 million different ways. But right. I think it's finally starting to harden. To use one of my least favorite Agile terms, yep. is, is it's hardening and starting to crystallize. People are understanding what it is. The tools are becoming more standard and more effective and more commonplace, and that's going to really accelerate teams and things people can deliver with containerization and all kinds of stuff like that that's kind of on the bleeding edge of that. But as as that becomes the norm, I think that's going to bring the same simplicity of how we build and deliver things that Agile has allowed us to do with the process.
0: That was on my list as well. I had a concatenated list of DevOps, UX, architecture, inclusivity, Mm -hmm. where we're starting to I think ten years ago, and this is—I this, think this is not just true of you and I, but true of agile in general. We looked at the world as Dev plus QA. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I know I'm generalizing, and even and even QA was sort of marginalized. Now I think with DevOps, we're starting to include the pipeline, both moving upstream and downstream, mm-hmm. and I and and that's creating a better mindset and better products and stuff. Uh, lean startup. What do you think?
1: Oh, I'm a huge lean startup fan.
0: Right. lean. Yeah. So so think about the effect that, you know, the sort of minimal mark, the language right. from the lean startups, the notion of pivoting, the notion of experimentation. I mean, there were, those notions were always there, right. but the emphasis on that. So It was wrapped
1: in a bow and people could consume yeah. it, and, and, and it it has become part of the nomenclature of business now.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking that that, and again, over the course of, the seven years I, that's that's evolved, but it's still it's still growing though. It's it's new during that time, and it's growing. I prefer one in here. It was a weird one, but quiet. There was this book, Quiet. I forget her name. She wrote it, and she, it was about introverts. The power it's of
1: Quiet. I didn't hear about it.
0: So that so bad. it's it's bad. You should you should see her uh, her TED talk. Uh, I forget her name. Uh, it doesn't matter, uh, but. Uh, sort of there's things there's things out there like uh, that's that's honor introverts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to, and we've had a medicast about it, and I think part of the learning is it, it goes back to caves and commons, and uh, we've had too many commons and too little caves mm-hmm. for introverts who are part of our team, and can we provide more of a balance in the space?
1: Yeah, I think that's one thing that that um, goes back to something you were talking about, the things that I've grown and learned that have changed is Understanding how important diversity is. And it's not just the type of diversity you can see, but the type of the diversity you can't see. So the types of people and the backgrounds and the school schools and skills and talents and things yep. like that, and how the value of a diverse group of people and putting them in a spot and the amazing things that will come out, as opposed to if you put all the same people in there, you're like going to get something pretty good, but the diversity and the value that that brings and then how how to lead, manage, and support a diverse group of people with diverse backgrounds and desires and everything goes along with that. That's something that I've really evolved with, but that's that, that kind of fits I mean, along I, with
0: that. I actually like that extension a lot. Uh, it, it talk, you've talked about it here with uh, QA, the role. So let's forget QA as a function, but SDETs, software developers and tests, mm-hmm. sort of evolved. So what it was doing is saying everyone on a team is a software developer. I know I'm exaggerating, but we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but But, having that diversity of testers are good b a s are good uh, and you 've done that here mm-hmm. uh, and it 's not now they 're team members you 've also said you 're not this and you 're not that you 're a team member, mm-hmm. but you 're bringing the you 're valuing the diversity of a team as opposed to i just want develop, I just want Java right. developers right and that 's all I want, and they need to pass that that development test i I think that 's a new thing i th- I think that trend is getting better. Uh, although there are these pockets where we're getting narrow. We're oscillating almost now. Where some folks, are, they want to be narrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think the general trend and the new thing is we're widening up and, and we're bringing in diversity, and we should be bringing in diversity. Yep. Uh, women, I mean, part of one of the nice things that's happening is uh, I see movements where there's talking about women developers. There's these pockets, I forget what they call them, but there's like little groups mm-hmm. uh, in Silicon Valley where uh, – uh, women programmers get together and they have code fests and things. Yep. like they, They're reminding people we're still here, right? right. Women can code, <laughs> and we're good at it. Mm-hmm. And don't don't forget about us and things. And that there are those trends, those diversity trends that I think are that's something that I'd like to see us maybe emphasize in the Metacast going forward. Josh, Bob, I want to thank you for the last. I'm gonna. I'm almost MediCasters, I think I'm gonna cry here. I want to thank you for the last seven years and the hundred episodes. Uh, you get full credit for us being here. Uh, I, if you wouldn't have pushed me, I wouldn't be doing this. So thank you very much, and happy birthday to you tomorrow. We're not going to close the way. All we're going to close no, with no. a shake and bake. I well,
1: think. hold on now. It's my turn to retort. But, but,
0: but, but I want to thank you for for the ride. Yeah, yeah. You so be, that
1: so that's you know the thing that you heard me talk about in this 100th is the ways ways that I've changed. And you've certainly played a large role in challenging me to make those changes and questioning the things I was doing. And oftentimes I didn't like hearing it, but it was the thing I needed to hear and that helped me out. And the things, just like you talked about, um, having fun is that I've always said that this is just an excuse for you and I to get together. Exactly. And we're going to talk about things we're going to talk about. We just put microphones in front of us. This is just what, what, what we would do. Yeah. So that's, to me, that's the special part is it's an excuse for us to just get together and hang out for just an hour. And And maybe poke fun at each other a little bit. And it's
0: one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) So, Metacasters, from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And
1: I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Bye, (laughs) y'all. Oh,
0: the handshake. That's a new one. I knew, man.